Welcome to Better Together with a Life Worth Living. I'm Veronica Nicolika. Our stories teach, inspire, and bind people together. Thank you to William McRae for sponsoring this episode. Mr. McRae is the former Director of Education with the Windsor-Essex Catholic School Board. Welcome to the second part of our podcast on battling bullying. We'll hear the continued story of my sister Virginia and some of her experiences of being bullied in the workplace. Virginia would need her arsenal of support, including longtime friends Zoran Mitrovsky and Sue Bondi. I knew I couldn't protect her as I tried on the playground at school. I assumed there would be more protection for Virginia when she started working. Enforceable laws to protect everyone from bullying at work. Virginia got a job supporting customers by telephone at a large company. Virginia, what was management like when you first started? Well, at the beginning, they were great. They were supportive. And, you know, I, I had a desk close to the bathroom. And, you know, they were supportive with uh, computer help and things. And But then as time went on, it seemed like the harder you work, the worse they treated you. That's kind of curious, right? I couldn't understand it. I believe that it was their way of trying to push me out the door, but there was no way I was going to go until they let me go. At one point, you weren't driving, Virginia, and you met Sue Bondi at a Bible study through church. Sue, welcome to our conversation. What did you offer to Virginia? Well, hello. Hello to both of you, Veronica and Virginia, and uh, you too, Zoran. I was in um, the Bible study with Virginia. We uh, actually went to the same church. And when I found out that uh, she um, um, couldn't drive to work, uh, I just thought, well, I kind of work in the middle of town, and it's not too far out of the way. So uh, every day I picked her up, and that few times turned out to be a year and a half. And the more I got to know Virginia... We just got closer, and I had I picked her up to go to church. And after church, we would we went to a Saturday night service, so we were able to socialize after. And uh, it, they were Virginia's friends anyway. I was the stranger, to be perfectly honest. So it was just all part and parcel of life, and it was a good one. And I got to know Virginia. She has one disability. There's a million things that Virginia can do. When I hear your stories, I was bullied. And, you know, so I knew, I knew that feeling of being marginalized and being tossed to the side of the, the, the road and so on. And I didn't feel like it was help. I just felt that it was friendship. Can you talk about the bullying? Like, what did you endure? When I was a child, um, at six years old, I was in a tobogganing accident and lost a, a half my tooth in the front. And I was just six. It had just grown in, and I lost it. And back then, uh, we're talking 1954, 1955, so you didn't go to the dentist unless you had to have a tooth pulled. I mean, that's just the way it was. And I was teased incessantly, and I had a freckle face, and I had kind of red hair, and, you know, reddish blonde hair, and it was just all the time. But uh, on my way home from school, 
Every day, every day, these two brothers threw me in the creek. We had to go by this little creek. And I come home, I'd be muddy and and crying, and uh, like Virginia, the scrapes on my knees, and it just never stopped. So, uh, but the teasing about the tooth, constantly. And I started babysitting when I was 11, and when I was 13, I got my tooth fixed. And that's when I was able, like Zoran says, to um, to arm myself with that arsenal of support. I could then see a future. I could smile. I could smile without covering up my mouth. I could look forward to something, and there was hope. What did that mean to you, Virginia, to have someone like Sue care so much for you? Well, that was incredible because she came right at the time in our lives when Mom had just passed away, and that was in the middle of devastation, and she was like, She's a good friend and like a mother, you know, taking care of me and, you know, making sure everything was okay. If there was something I needed, you know, Sue would get it, you know, or I would tell her that I really wanted to go to a concert in Detroit. I need someone to go with. And she's like, well, I'll go with you. Then when we got there and there were a million steps, Sue would get us better seats than we paid for. That was the awesome part for me. Virginia, can you just tell us how important it was for you to know that Sue was really listening to you when you were driving to and from work or to the concerts or taking you to get groceries, all the different places that she would drive and you guys would spend time together or at the Bible study? How important was it to have someone listen? Well, it was important because there was someone that understood me and decided to stick around anyway. What does that mean? I just, well, I never really had a lot of friends, and uh, Sue was a good friend, and that's the one good thing that came out of that, working for that company. I made a really good friend, and we're still friends to this day, and we really enjoy going out to dinner. There you go. But to have someone listen and really understand, does that make a difference in terms of experiencing and overcoming something like bullying? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They they take you to a whole new level. Things only got worse for Virginia at work. Sue was no longer allowed to walk Virginia the few feet from the front door to the elevator or walk her up the stairs when the elevator broke down. Most of the time the elevator didn't work. And so Virginia had to go up three flights of stairs and come down those stairs at the end of a shift. So in the morning, when I would drive her to work, uh, I would like to take her in. She didn't have her walker at the time. It wouldn't have done much good anyway with having to walk upstairs. Well, the building had security. At first, they wouldn't mind that I sometimes walked her over to the elevator. But then it just was, no, you're not going to do it. You know, how could anyone treat another person like that? How could anyone not have empathy? You advocated for her when she was in school, and I decided, no, I'm going to advocate for her when I can. So so I did. I took on that role, right, wrong, or otherwise. But I, the injustice was just beyond. And to me, that's abusive and bullying, uh, whether it's wor- with words or not, it's with actions. And I know that everything has to be accessible. I understand that, but it isn't. 
It just isn't. They say it is. They'll put a sticker on the door, and <laughs> it's not. It's not accessible. I'd like them all to try themselves to navigate some of these situations and see what it's like and experience it. Virginia, what happened eventually at this company? Well, in time, the, the harder you worked, the worse they treated you. And I didn't understand it, but I do now. They were trying to get rid of me, and I refused to go. But it didn't make any sense to me because the manager that was there at the time, she thought I was terrific. And then for the last two weeks I was there, I would say good morning, and then she wouldn't be able to look at me. She looked like she was going to cry, and I wondered what was wrong. And two weeks later, I was gone, but it was not her decision. It was the company we outsourced for. Now, what did they do in order to precipitate letting you go? What happened with your desk? They moved it to the other side of the room where I was too far away to get to the bathroom and back in, you know, 10 minutes or less. It was impossible. What did you try to do? Well, I tried to run back, and we all know what happens when I do that. I just fall, you know, or take a flying leap. I can't imagine what that would have been like, trying to run to the bathroom and run back and falling, because you had to log in on your computer, is that correct? Right, to be in, back in time. It was just one of those things. But the reason I got when I was let go, um, we're letting you go without reason, but not without cause. What does that mean? You know, exactly. And they said, well, you can go peacefully or we can call the police. Why did you want to stay then in that kind of environment? I figured that I had no place else to go. Who else was going to hire me? What opportunity was going to come up? So what happened when you looked for another job, Virgin? Well, I was having a tough time. I, I sent out 1,300 resumes and nothing happened. Things weren't moving. That took over a year, and I thought I would never get a job again. Let's bring Zoran Matrovsky back into the conversation. Zoran, how did you fit into this picture? I did to Virginia what I do with, with, with my students. It just created different pictures. And, and as we talked and I looked at her resume, I said, you know, I, I, I think I can help you out here. As we're talking, as we're working together, all of a sudden her hope comes back and then she, she, she starts fighting even harder. Again, incredible tenaciousness of never quitting. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. Great. And, and my philosophy was, all it takes is one. That's, that's it. Is that what you kept telling her? Yeah, all it takes is one. And eventually someone will see her ten tenaciousness, her uh, humility, and her ability to talk on the phone. She's fantastic. She's a hell of a listener. And you were a dispatcher as well at one point. That was your favorite job? That was my favorite job. I'm sorry that the jobs moved to Toronto. Or I'd probably still be there. But it helped you get to where you are. So I remember going with you to interviews, and we had confirmed the day before or that morning, and then you'd walk in, and what would happen when you went to go for the interview? Well, there was one company I applied to, and I thought I'd be qualified it was a telephone company in the city. As soon as I walked in, I could see the fear in their eyes. And I thought, 
why are they so afraid of me? By that point, I was using a walker, you know, and I, I handed them my resume and they said, oh, 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 okay, well, we'll call you. It's like, you know, it's like I made a glass and they thought I was going to break or something. <laughs> they had no idea how, how tough you, you really are. But I thought, well, I don't think this is the place for me. It'll have to be another place. And hence, the, these are the kinds of things that the more the Virginias of the world, uh, the more people that go and break those, those, those ceilings and, and open the compassion to understanding one another, our society becomes bigger, we become better. So, Virginia, how did you finally find the job that you have now? I guess I should throw this in because this is what happened. After applying to so many jobs, I was so frustrated. I went in my living room, sat on a chair, and I said, God, I dare you to get me a job. And three days later, the phone rings. That's my manager. He's saying, are you still interested in a position here? I said, of course. He said, when can you start? I said, immediately. He's like, great. And what did he do to support you when you started working? Well, I needed extra computer help, and he always made sure I had it. And at one point, I had a broken down computer, so they even sent me one that they weren't using anymore. What did that mean to you that someone was willing to do that for you? That was amazing. You know, but I was not alone in there. It was not just him. He was a big part of it. But there was also inside advantage. Whenever I needed help, when my computer would break down, I would need a new hard drive or something. They would uh, step in and uh, supply one that they didn't need. So you had built an arsenal of support. You know, they said they would do anything to keep me working. And, you know, I, I kept working until the pandemic started. I was off for about a year and a half, and now we've just gone back to work. You've endured so much bullying in your life, and I've certainly seen it, and the cruelty of it. What impact did that have on you looking back now, thinking back to all these stories now? Well, I don't know. I just, uh, I guess I didn't have a high opinion of myself until I started getting around people like Soren. And then I met Sue, and that blew me away. Just one word. Invincible. Um, when you go through so many obstacles, when, and I can't speak for Virginia, but I've certainly uh, had the pleasure of, of watching her. Once you go through all the stuff you go through, enough is enough. It takes a lot of wherewithal, a hell of a lot of support, and just raw willpower to get her done. What have they meant to you, Sue and, and Zorn? Well, they're two people, you know, that I can trust, you know, that I can count of, and of course, Jim as well, you know, the people that believed in me and thought I was worth, you know, hanging around with, as they say. Jim Sweetman was our veterinarian for some 40 years before he retired. He became an integral part of Virginia's arsenal of support. Jim told Virginia to call him at home with any issues, even house repairs. 
And I, I remember also that you gave Virginia your home number and you said, if you need something, call me. Like, don't be afraid to call me at home. Can you talk about why you went out of your way uh, so often for her? Well, she lives alone and she needs uh, a friend. And so why not give her your phone number? And uh, we had no emergency clinic in those days. So she needed help. Uh, I'd go to a night and help her. But that's just just a service you give to your friends and your clients. You just have to, um, and that's why you, the, our clinic is very successful. From the heart, what would you say to someone like Virginia who's been bullied? You got to let that the trash go behind you and keep going forward because you keep the, the garbage in your mind. You're not going to be a good person. Just let that garbage go and, and have fun. Thank you to William McRae for sponsoring this episode. Mr. McRae is the former Director of Education with the Windsor-Essex Catholic School Board. Welcome back to our podcast on battling bullying. I'm Veronica Nikolika. Our guests are my sister, Virginia Nikolika, and longtime friends, Zoran Matrovsky and Sue Bondi. They have messages for people who are being bullied and for anyone who is a bully. Virginia, what would you say to someone who is being bullied right now? I would say don't give up the fight. You will find somebody that's going to support you and and care about you. You know, if the bullies outnumber your friends, then get away from the bullies. They're just cowards. You don't want to hang around with cowards. You want to hang around with people that have guts. Simply win. That's all. Prove to them they were wrong. I loved it when I became a teacher and I was sitting next to the teachers that told me that I couldn't. It was sweet. Where was this? OSSTF meeting. I sat next to some of the teachers don't I know you? Oh, you, yes, you know me. Who taught you and told you you couldn't? Oh, that, that I couldn't. That you couldn't do it? Oh, just go to college or university. And so... Did you tell them that you had a degree? <laughs> well, no. They asked me what I was doing in, in the meeting. I said, I'm one of your colleagues. And the whole thing is, the answer to, to that question is just damn when. Prove that they're wrong. And then use that knowledge to help other people that are struggling. Well, I I agree with Zoran. You just prove them wrong. You do everything in your power to not believe them. And uh, Zoran said it earlier as well. You have to reset, reset your brain. And for every encouraging word that you've ever heard from anybody, you know, take that to heart. Don't take the discouraging uh, word. Virginia, what would you say to someone who is a bully, someone who is bullying someone or many people in their life? Well, if, if you're a bully and you think bullying is going to get you somewhere, it's, it won't get you anywhere. Not only is it going to hurt the person you're bullying, it's going to hurt you. Because as they say, what goes around comes around What would you say to someone who is bullying someone who is a bully? You really have to get to the bottom of where your anger is and redirect it. 
You have to put a more positive spin on it. Get the help you need, as Zoran says. Um, you know, you have to uh, get that arsenal of support. And if you're the only one who can give yourself that arsenal of support, then, you know, picture yourself successful. But don't take your frustrations out on someone who cannot defend themselves. And yes, there's a lot of darkness. But why don't we become uh, lit up and, and make this world a better place? I mean, take a look at what, what they've done in, in, with, with the virus. The world came together and, and they came up with, with, with a solution. Oh, why can't we do that with bullying? Why can't we do that in teaching people with disabilities uh, to be accepted? I love what Susie just said, to advocate for the people that can't ad advocate for themselves. And, and, and the other piece to the puzzle is when, when you're being abused, you don't know who you're looking for to, to, to get help. Zorn, how important would you say it is for your students to have at least one family member to support them? Well, I think it's, it's critically important. I see the difference all the time where the student that has that support over time, that, that student will blow away everybody else because it's just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. They get stronger, they get stronger, they get stronger. And when they fall, at least they have somebody. We're, we're, we're relational beings. And so when, when, when we fall, pick you up, dust you off, and say, okay, it's going to be okay. Virginia, it's uh, Sue again. And uh, you have uh, mentioned how important uh, Zoran and Jim and I um, are in your life. And I just need to know, and the, po and the people who are listening need to know, how important is Veronica in your life? Well, uh, Veronica is, you know, my older sister, as everyone knows by now, and she was always there through all the pain and since I was a baby, um, taking care of me like a second mom. Poor Veronica. <laughs> my mother would be in the room panicking and crying, and Veronica would just have this worried look on her face like I was going to die or something. But and I couldn't figure out why everybody was so upset, because I just brushed it off. You know, every, every time something would happen with me physically or whatever, it's like, oh, well, we'll just get through this and everything will be okay. But nobody knew I thought that. I wish that I hadn't fallen so much, etc., and all the other things, because people worried so much. I wish that I hadn't made too, so many people worry about me. So how important is all of that to you to know that you can depend on your sister? Well, that's, that's meaningful because I don't know what I would have done. She was being the legs I couldn't be and, you know, going to the grocery store and all those kinds of things. And she wondered if I would ever get through it. And at one point, so did I. I didn't know when I was going to be back to my normal self. What happened was a good friend of mine, Wanda, I think she was so worried about me. She encouraged, uh, this is getting off topic with Veronica, she encouraged me to go see a chiropractor in Windsor. And after six treatments, he got me back to my old self. 
the pain was gone, which has been a real gift. But uh, Veronica was the one that took me to the appointments because I still couldn't drive. Yeah, I'm beginning to to see a, a connection with with what Virginia said and how resilient the winners are that have gone through the hell that she's gone through. Uh, the word I think I can come up with is selfless. As I listened to her stories, she, she never once said, oh, woe is me. Oh, poor me. She's always worrying about, oh, how Veronica's thinking or how my mom is thinking or she, she has never become the victim. What can we do? We need to care. Stop our busy lives and just look into the eyes of another human being that's suffering and provide help. Soren, what would you say to someone who is a bully? Would you tell them to get the help they need? That's the problem. It's like alcoholics. They're hurting everybody else around them, but because they haven't admitted to themselves that they have an issue, they're never going to stop because they're going after the weaker individual in order to gain power for themselves. Take a look what happens. what happened to Virginia. It's disgusting. The way you were treated was was disgusting. Yeah. It wasn't right. Just so you know, you know, I, I was there. It was hard not to be able to stop it. Just so you know. I felt powerless. I wish that there would have been more I could do. I, I wish I had fought harder. How would you fight harder? To try and be like everybody else. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You don't want to. You've seen where the world has come to, because everyone wants to look like everybody else. No, no, no. Well, I want to be a combination of all my good friends. You are <laughs> a little piece of everybody. You are. Now, if I could only become a millionaire. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good place to end. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you, Virginia, for sharing your very personal story. Well, this has been quite a time, quite a time for me. And I have to say, Virginia, I learned a lot even talking to you about all these experiences, things I I didn't even know as your sister. It's remarkable when you start to go deeper how much is actually in there. Thank you for sharing these personal stories about bullying and how you overcame your challenges. I honestly didn't even realize the depth of it. And I was there. With some of the people who formed your arsenal of support, including Zoran Mitrovsky, Sue Bondi, Jim Sweetman. And that may encourage anyone who may be experiencing bullying. Thank you for listening to Better Together with a Life Worth Living. I'm Veronica Nikolika. Know who you are, where you will go, and choose a life worth living. Thank you again to William McRae for sponsoring this episode. Mr. McRae is the former Director of Education, Windsor-Essex Catholic School Board. 